May our thoughts, words, and actions be holy and acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. What is church? Why do we come here? What's the purpose of us being here today and every time we come in? I think these are questions we don't ask ourselves often enough. So often we live life without introspection, just doing what we do without necessarily considering why. And in some ways, this is fine because if we were all the time thinking and processing and dissecting, it would get exhausting. And some of us know, judging by the lot. So, so sometimes we just go and, and we just go because it's what we do. But in that process, we forget. We lose the thread. What has meaning becomes devoid of that meaning when our actions are just repetitions and we just do them because we do them. So I find it's important that we come back to the most basic of questions. What is church? Why do we come to church? And of course, there isn't one answer. There are so many answers. I imagine some of the reasons are to worship God or to see our friends, or perhaps put in a different way, to go grow closer with God and with each other. And maybe to find peace, or to inhabit a sacred rhythm different from the challenges of everyday life. I live by the monastery of the Society of St. John the Evangelist. And I try to go as often as I can on Tuesdays. They have a Eucharist at 5.30. And it works out once or twice a month. And when I go, I sit in the back, I don't talk to anybody, and I try to run out before anybody can talk to me. And one of the reasons that I do this is because I just want to be in church. I don't want people to know me or to have a leadership role or anything like that. I just want to sit. One of my teachers, Stephanie Paulsell, once said, everybody needs a back pew. And so, on Tuesdays, I go to church because I can have my back pew. So whatever the multitude of reasons, we can turn to our scriptures, and in our gospel today, we find another answer. In the gospel we just heard, Jesus is at the beginning, towards the beginning of his ministry. He had already been baptized by John. He already called a couple of the disciples. He preached the Sermon on the Mount. He's performed miracles. And today we see him walking through the town of Capernaum. As he's walking, he comes across the tax collector. His name is Matthew, sitting in his booth. And Jesus says to him, follow me. And Matthew just gets up and goes. Now, it may seem strange that Matthew just gets up and leaves everything and goes, but I think if we look at this town, it's a small town of about 1,500 people. A place that's small enough where everybody knows everyone. 
Jesus has performed miracles in that town and in the vicinity. The disciples Peter, Andrew, James, and John are from Capernaum. And in a small town like this, I'm sure everybody knew what was going on. Everybody was up in everybody's business. And so he could not have helped but to hear about Jesus. Maybe Matthew had listened to some of his teachings. Maybe he saw Jesus perform some miracles. Maybe they already knew each other. Maybe, maybe he knew the disciples that were already called. Maybe they had grown up together. But he definitely was known as the town's tax collectors. So in my imagination, when, when, when I think about this, Matthew's response was not so much a spur-of-the-moment thing. Rather, perhaps it was a realization as a tax collector, maybe he thought he wouldn't have been welcome. That following Jesus wasn't for people like him. So often we've talked about tax collectors from here, how they were viewed as traitors as they collected money, skimmed money for themselves from a, for a foreign government, made their wealth off of their own people, were considered sinners. So I think Matthew would have thought following Jesus isn't for someone like me. Perhaps when he had heard Jesus' teachings, they went to a part of him that responded deeply, but he didn't dare to hope that these words were for him. And so Jesus' words are said in context. And when Jesus simply says, follow me, Matthew jumps at the chance. He left everything he had and went where his heart and his spirit were urging him to go because, yes, even he could follow Jesus. And so he follows Jesus and they go and they sit at table with friends. And when the religious people who strove to bring being more godly through rules and purities, saw this. They began to criticize Jesus and said to his students, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? To which Jesus responds, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. For me, this sentence is the heart of this morning's gospel the good news for us today. It's a powerful metaphor, a succinct explanation of why God became incarnate in the person of Jesus, to heal, to tend to the sick and the wounded, to bring us back into right, right relationship with God and each other. How often do we think of Christ as a doctor, as a healer, as a physician? We have many words that we use. We use Lord and Savior and King, and we hear these often again, often over and over again. They're the titles we frequently use. But here in this passage, Jesus likens himself to a healer. 
And all this brings me back to the beginning to those questions. What is church? Why do we come to church? Colleen Phillips, better known as Abigail Van Buren of Dear Abby fame, famously wrote, A church is a hospital for sinners, not a museum for saints. I hear so much wisdom in her words. A hospital, not a museum. That is really what we are, isn't it? So often we remove the personal aspect of our faith. Or rather, we ignore it to focus more on things that feel safe. It's easier to say we like or dislike a particular hymn than to say, I am hurting. It's easier to argue over the words we employ in our liturgy than to say, I feel broken. It's easier to speak of beautiful stained glass than to say, I am in pain. In all of these second statements, there's an admission of need. It can feel like there's weakness in saying these things. We live in a society that cultivates a culture of shame around need, that tells us being need, needy means being weak. That you're not a full person if you go around announcing your needs. We prize the self-made person, the independent, strong, stoic type, but all of those are lies. No one is truly self-made. No one is truly independent. I mean, even Thoreau had his mother do his laundry and cook him meals. We all rely on each other, and even more so, we all rely on God. So, I believe that one reason we're here this morning, one reason that I am here this morning, is because we are people who need people who need comfort, people who need guidance, people who need healing. And all of those things are found here. In the embrace of our loving God, in the person of Jesus, in the bread made body and the wine made blood, but first, we must acknowledge that that is who we are. People who need, people who hurt, People who long for the divine doctor who came as a physician to the sick. Church is not a place of ritual for ritual's sake. It's not merely a beautiful building. It's a hospital for the sick. It's a place of healing. It's the place where we encounter the one who loves us beyond measure where we find wholeness and a balm for our souls.